thing that is being searched on for Facebook right now that's uh, very popular. What do you make of identity politics? Lie, lie. I love you. Love story in one hour. This is the Hello and good morning and welcome to the live exchange. I am Dr. Pamela and um, today we are having a really important conversation uh, around a concept called success bullying coined by Tara Carissa Hodges. Uh, so we'll definitely get to hear her take on it in the second hour. But in the first hour, we're going to look at um, really this this paradox of success, this idea of, um, you know, on one hand, you're um, really you know, enjoying life and you're enjoying, you're reaping the benefits um, of your success. And on another hand, you have people who are, who struggle with your success. So, so officially um, the title of the show is the paradox of success from admiration to jealousy. Um, so lots to talk about today. I'm really excited about our guest today. Our first guest is Kristen Marie Rios. And our second guest uh, for the second hour is Tara Carissa Hodges. Um, and, you know, as we bring in the, you know, Women's History Month, um, there, we're going to be looking at, um, you know, women from a lot of different angles from the standpoint of um, the the historical um you know, successes that we have had to overcoming um, so many different hurdles um, to really just highlighting and featuring um, women who are doing phenomenal things. And so this show is really important to me because of my own climb um, to success and just really looking at, my goodness, anybody who knows me, um, it, you know, depending on which life you know of me, um, you may not have the full story. If you knew me prior to Atlanta, you probably knew a little bit about my struggle a little bit about the struggle of single motherhood, a little bit about the struggle of having to find places to stay. It just occurred to me um, the other day. It's like, wow, it's a whole new world. So I have um, some, a little bit of that I will be sharing on today's show as well. So it's going to be a great show. Definitely get involved on in the conversation. Go to our Facebook, um, live, Facebook page where you can find us live on the Sensation Station Network. And uh, we look forward to a great show. Stay with us. All right. Welcome back to the Live Exchange, where we talk humanity, intellect, and change every Thursday from 11 to 1. Uh, and today we are talking about the power, the paradox of success from um, admiration to jealousy. And um, there's a wide range of conversation that we can have uh, just around this topic alone. But I'm really excited to introduce our first guest. Um, um, we're our, our first guest who's joining us is Kristen. I need to get Kristen's last name. Kristen Marie Ross. I'm sorry. Um, Kristen Marie Ross is a woman of words, an influencer who believes in mega high standards and allegiance. While spelling out her terms, living a clean and green lifestyle, Kristen conquers her share of hindrances, hoping to inspire women to be unstoppable and overcome every obstacle. Kristen is a multifaceted woman who is breaking stereotypes Stereotypes. She works in the male-dominated construction industry in New York City, who happens to be an international and also happens to be an international swimsuit model and beauty queen. She has vanquished persecution and adver adversities in this male-dominated industry. So without further ado, welcome, Kristen Marie Rios. How are you? Hi, thank you so much for having me. 
Oh, absolutely. No, I'm, I'm so excited to hear more about your story. And, um, you know, there's just, you know, it's, it's interesting because you, you wouldn't necessarily, um, we have stereotypes about beauty queens. We have stereotypes about swimsuit models. And then mm-hmm. and, and we have stereotypes about women who go into engineering. So I, yes. I've heard that you've experienced both ends of those spectrums. Um, so I, I just kind of wanted to start a little bit with your journey and, and how you came to where you are today. Oh, gosh. How did I get to where I am today? Well, you know, I, I always did really well in math and science in school. And so engineering just, it, it just you know, came together when I was 17. I, um, I took a, an engineering course at Manhattan College. It's called the Summer Engineering Program for High School Students. Okay. And so I actually went to school in the summer um, when I was a junior in, in high school, which I, I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I was really focused. And, um, you know, my, my parents gave me a lot of guidance and I wanted to make sure that I had my foot in the door because I knew that that's where I wanted to go to school. So over the summer, I went and took this engineering program and I wanted to be a chemical engineer. I wanted to make a makeup and a perfume line because, you know, I've always been into beauty and, and health and fitness and I've always been very girly. Yeah. And then when I took the program, they, they taught you a little bit about each type of engineering. And when we did the structural engineering portion, we had to we had to build a structure and then at the end, we loaded them with phone books. And the one that withheld the most phone books was the winner. And, and I won and I, I did really well in structural. So okay. I ended up declaring a major in civil engineering. And, you know, I went to, I graduated from Manhattan College. And then I got an internship doing bridge design. So I was designing bridges and doing calculations and drafting plans. Wow. And that became kind of complacent. So after that, I decided to go out into the construction side, you know, where all the action is. Wow, that's so interesting. So I went to um, a, a Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. So it was a tech school. And so most of my classmates were majoring in different um, areas of engineering. I was majoring in journalism. <laughs> in no way necessarily related. But, um, you know, so I kind of have an understanding of what civil engineering is. And I think you kind of gave us a, um, you know, a, a little bit of a picture of it. But But how would you describe civil engineering for people who don't know what it is? If you don't know what civil engineering is, you have to understand that civil engineering is a very, very, uh, it's, it's like a broad, uh, broad statement. A civil engineer can go into a lot of different categories. Like you could go into um, geotechnical engineering. You can go into wastewater treatment. Uh, you can go into the construction side. You can go into the design side. Uh, you could do... Um, uh, what else can you do? There's really like endless possibilities, but you could you could also go into you know building bridges or, or building buildings. You know, right. so there's a lot of options if if you want to be a civil engineer. So when you become a civil engineer, then you kind of have to pick. All right, well, what type of you know what type of civil engineering do I want to do? Right. And, um, so it's like the city. It's you're, you're basically, you know, taking care of the, the, the building of different aspects of the city. The, the infrastructure um, is. Yeah. Yeah. So since I since I work on um, bridges and roads and I work with uh, I work with entities like the Port Authority or mm-hmm. the New York City Department of Transportation, those those are our government uh, I would say those are that's the government projects, but you can also work with private owners, yeah. you know, private developers out there who purchase land and then 
you know, they want to put a building up. And, and so you can go either way. You can work with private owners or you can go with government owners. That's so interesting. I, so I, one of the things that, so the, where does the, the beauty part come in? I know you mentioned, you know, you, you wanted to do beauty products at one point. Uh, where did the modeling come in? At what point were you doing that? You know, truth, ever since I was a little girl, you know, I wanted to model. I just, yeah. I just thought it was so glamorous and um, I just would see these girls and I thought, oh my gosh, look at how much self-confidence they have, you know? Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until, it wasn't until later on, maybe in my twenties, my late twenties that I started getting involved in it. I started doing uh, bikini competitions. Mm -hmm. I was training at a gym and the owner of the gym came up to me and he was like, listen, Every everybody here is doing the show, and I want you to do the show. He was a um, very old school Italian man, and I said, "Okay, I'll do the show." <laughs> and there you go. I love it. I, I had no it. idea what I was doing, but I, I was like, "Okay, I'll do the show." <laughs> That's great. Okay, well, we're going to go to a break, and uh, when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about what's trending, and then um, in general in the world, and then we will uh, get more into your story. So stay with us, everyone. We will be right back on the live exchange. Welcome back to the live exchange from Dr. Pamela. Are we getting into trending topics or should we wait for that? Just um like we might be waiting for that. Um so, so no trending topics yet. Okay, okay so um so what no trending topics at all. <laughs> yes. Um I believe Kristen said you wanted to um, finish what you were saying, right? Okay, sure. That's fine. I just wanted to make sure that when we're coming back, we're going to be topics. No worries. Um, so, Kristen, um, so as far as, you know, just the, we're talking today about the paradox of success from admiration to jealousy. And um, and I think there's a whole lot that happens in between, you know, admiration, jealousy. Um, and I'm curious to know your experience with that. You know, if you've had any um, and of course, without, you know, you don't have to call anybody out or <laughs> put anybody on blast, but just with your own experience, um, you know, have you experienced kind of that paradox of, you know, enjoying your success, but at the same time, kind of having some pushback on your success? Yeah, I, I deal with that every day, um, every day. When, when I started uh, modeling, there were a lot of changes going on in my life. So I was getting divorced. I changed from design side to the construction side and I started modeling all of this was going on at once yeah. and um so yeah I was getting it from a lot of different angles my parents uh would not support the fact that I, I wanted to model um so that's an ongoing um you know that's an ongoing thing that's that, that I struggle with um but you know I feel like you know, you have to do what makes you happy and you just have to keep going. And there's always going to be haters, no matter no matter what you're doing in life or what kind of a job you have. It's going to be out there and you just kind of have to you just have to learn to deal with it and move forward and, and just be happy with yourself. But, yeah, I, I definitely deal with it, you know, from work. Because sometimes and people would find my social media or, you know, they would you know see what I'm doing in my personal life. And I would get back. I would get you know, you know, I'd get hated on at work because of that or vice versa. You know, it's, you don't meet a lot of models who are also engineers and construction managers and you meet a lot of engineers and construction managers, you know, right. who are models. So what I'm doing is I don't really know anyone. I don't know anyone else who's doing what I, what I do. So 
I don't have anyone I can relate to. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And, and that's gotta be kind of a, well, I don't, I don't know. How does that feel? I mean, you know, there's not having anybody you can relate to on one hand makes you a trailblazer in your own right. On the other hand, I would imagine it can be quite um, lonely or frustrating. I mean, what is that like for you? Well, you know, uh, like a couple of years ago, I decided that I really wanted to do something about what was happening in my professional career. Yeah. You know, like harassment, discrimination. And I thought, how, how am I going to make a change? Because this is not acceptable. Right. And I decided that, you know, I wanted to be in this New York City and I wanted to bring positive awareness to it. You know, I'm, I'm not here, to, you know, to bash anyone or, or call anyone call anyone out or start any trouble whatsoever. Right. You know, that's, that's not my end game. You know, my end game is to bring, you know, positive awareness and make this industry look good for young ladies out there so that we can get more young ladies into the field. We can be more conducive to yes. women. That's so I knew. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I knew I wanted to be in this New York City and I knew I wanted to combine this with my professional career. I just really wasn't sure how. And so I reached out to my press company, which is Apples and Oranges, and they've been helping me out a great deal. I've had a very, very small circle of support over the past two years, very small. But uh, the people that I have been you know, in touch with have, have been so great and, and so encouraging and and I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be here today without them. You know, you know, what's so fascinating about just the story in general is that, um, you know, your willingness to step out and to address uh, different forms of harassment, um, because, you know, that's not an easy thing to do, even with the Me Too movement that was going around um, in so many ways that was so negatively stigmatized um, and you know, while there was a lot of support for it, there was also this risk of being targeted as a whistleblower as, or, you know, or if you, if you talk about the things that are happening, um, that there was backlash for it as well. And so I, you know, I would imagine that's just a really scary road to go down because there's a fine balance, you know, on that journey. Yeah. There have been plenty of times I went to like stand up for myself and there were times I just got fired for it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it's very frustrating. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So we, we're definitely gonna have to talk about just kind of that, how to do that, you know, how do we handle it? How do we push forward? And sometimes being fired is the standing up for ourselves, but it's got to get better than that. You know, it, it, yes. it's got to get better. So, um, so stay with us. Uh, we'll be right back on the live. Stage. I have never cheated in my life. I have a daughter and I stand with her. A black woman can be strong and stand in her power in every single way. You kind of try to feel like your space with a bunch of people that you think is making you happy. Dream with ambition. While I may be the first woman in this office, I will not be the last. I absolutely love that 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 compilation video. Um, and you know, so every month, this is um, every March um, is designated Women's History Month by Presidential Proclamation. Um, the month is set aside to honor women's contributions to American history. Um, and it began as a local celebration in Santa Rosa, California. Shout out to the West Side. I'm from California. <laughs> the end. The Education Task Force of the Sonoma County um, Commission on the Status of Women planned 
planned and executed a Women's History Week celebration in 1978. The organizers selected the week of March 8th to, to correspond with the International Women's Day. Um, the movement spread across the country as other communities initiated their own Women's History Week uh, celebrations the following year. And then in 1980, a consortium of women groups um, and historians led by the National Women's History Project um, successfully lobbied for national recognition. Uh, in February of 1980, President Jimmy Carter issued the first presidential proclamation declaring the week of March 8th, 1980 as Women's History Week. And we have evolved to Women's History Month, which is where we are now. Um, and so it's awesome to have you here, Kristen, to be a part of um, the women that we're honoring uh, this month. So I'm curious to know, um, you know, right before the break, um, you know, we were talking a little bit about, you know, it's kind of weird to go from celebrating women to the, rea the reality of women in <laughs> society. Um, but, you know, to that idea of going from or telling, um, you know, what's going on or just, you know, reporting or, you know, and then the risk of being fired or the risk of not being fired and experiencing backlash. Um, I will say that every single, and I work in higher ed, every single university that I have worked with, worked at, I have experienced um, some form of sexual harassment. And um, and I've had to navigate, you know, how, how am I going to handle this in the situation, in the moment? How do I handle it later? Um, and it has been quite the journey and, and, you know, makes me wonder, and it's not just higher ed because even as a business owner, I have experienced um, sexual harassment in ways that are just flabbergasting for lack of a better word. It's like, this really is still happening. Really? It still happens. Yes. And it's not just sexual harassment. Right. You know, there's, there's a lot of other types of harassment. I, I don't, I can't say I've had a lot of instances where I've been sexually harassed, but I, I have been harassed in a lot of other different ways. Can you talk to those, speak to those? Um, okay, let's see. Some And some of it's not very straightforward and blatant either. You know, like I recently, okay, here's an example. I recently had a man follow up with me about a job interview. Mm -hmm. And um, instead of giving me a, a fair offer or a fair position, you know, he's talking down to me, lecturing me and trying to give me a position that I'm overqualified for. Mm -hmm. To me, that's, that's harassment or, or discrimination. It's like, you, you know what I'm capable of. So why are you trying to push me backwards? Right. You know? Right. And, and I'm so glad that you made that distinction because what is loud and clear and what many of us have an understanding of is sexual harassment. When we see that, we're like, oh, yeah, I know that. That's it. But a lot of times we don't necessarily have a an understanding of what other forms of harassment look like. And, and we may say, is that what I think it is? No, no, that's mm -hmm. not it. You know, that, that could have happened to anybody. Um, and that's those microaggressions where we don't necessarily know um, for sure what the intent is, but we know it doesn't feel right. We know something yes. is right. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yep. And then also, you know, a couple of years ago, I was working on a project and I was doing very, very well. I was performing very well and everyone could see it. And it was very threatening to, to my boss. And I was given an opportunity to give a presentation to the Port, the port Authority. And I had turned it down because I was afraid of how my boss was going to treat me mm. if I went and did 
dining menu or, you know. Yeah. Wow. Wow. And, and those are the kinds of things that, you know, sometimes you have to think twice about, whereas, um, you know, men often don't have to think twice about things like that because it's like, oh no, heck yeah, I'm taking that. Heck yeah, I'm going to run straight, you know, into that opportunity. Um, and so there, there are, you know, definitely some extra considerations that, that we might have to take, not only just because of being a woman, but also let me bring it back to the topic of success. Um, just that risk of being overly successful in a way that, threatens other people um, can give us pause in, in terms of how we decide to move forward with certain opportunities. Um, do you have any particular, you know, strategies or, or, you know, that you use to just mentally push through to mentally overcome, you know, some of these microaggressions or things that may happen? I mean, I, I, it definitely still gets to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I used to get very, very upset and very, very offended. I think I deal with it better now, um, but yeah, it still upsets me. So, you know, I, I, just, I try to think about how far I've come. Yeah. I think about all the things that I want to accomplish over the next five years. Uh, when I feel down, I reach out to someone, you know, for support. And I really try to think about the positive because yeah. even though these situations are difficult, there's, there's always a silver lining. You know, it's always teaching you something. There's something you can take from it. And so I try to focus on the positive. Absolutely. And I think that is a great mental um, strategy because it is very easy to get bogged down with the negative and the fear um, of what if and, and all of those things. But the surrounding yourself with friends, surrounding yourself with the positive, those are textbook ways that people um, overcome, you know, these kinds of things. And so I, I would say that that is absolutely the case um, for myself. Um, one of the things that I want to um, highlight is our, um, the research. And, um, you know, in the research, we, um, you know, with the show, you know, we, we kind of bring out the research. And the research that I want to talk about um, today is um, women's ways of knowing. And this is a, um, a theory about that looks at voice and how we develop our voice, how we learn to speak out or, um, you know, um, respond to different situations. And so in this theory, there are five different voices or five different ways of knowing. And this whole idea of knowing um, just basically comes back to what we've been taught um, you know, either by our parents or by life experiences and things that, um, you know, and how we then respond. And, and the way we respond is based on what we are told about ourselves. So there's five. And the first one is silence. Um, and that is really just, we don't respond. We don't say anything. We just remain silent um, mm-hmm. in a particular situation. The second one is received knowledge. So when we do speak up, we only speak up with the knowledge that we have been taught. We might cite research studies. Um, we might, uh, say, you know, say what an authority, uh, authority figure said. My pastor said this. The president said that. Um, so we speak. Our voice is based solely on received knowledge. The third one is subjective knowledge. And this is the inner voice. And really, I like to say that these are our emotions. These are you know, the anger, you know, when I'm angry and I I lash out or I'm really sad and I cry or I'm really happy and I leap for joy um, and I express the emotion around what I'm feeling, whatever that is. So that is called subjective knowledge or our subjective voice. The fourth one is procedural knowledge. That is the strategic, systematic, um, 
you know, I'm, I'm going to um, really strategic is probably the best word. You know, how do I strategically talk my way through this particular situation? And then the last one is constructive knowledge. And guess what? All four of those previous ones are integrated into one voice. And basically what that means is you use, you, you really have become, a, you know, um, adept enough with all of these to be able to use what is necessary in the moment. So even though silence in the beginning may have sounded like, wow, you know, they need to find their voice if they're silent. There is power in silence if we know how to use it and when to use it. But there's also power in the received knowledge, the power in, you know, using the voice of the experts. There's also power in our emotional voice. And there's also power in strategy. So the idea here with this particular theory is ultimately getting to the place where we can use all five of those voices and know exactly when to use what to get what we need. Mm-hmm. So I, I would love to hear your thoughts <laughs> on on that and just kind of what seems to be the strongest voice for you, or if you've reached a, vo- a point where you've been able to integrate all of them. I feel like it, at first when I was younger, it was just silence. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I didn't have any of the other tools yet and I never really spoke up. And then I think when I started going onto the construction side and, um, it was, it was a bit of a different environment. The construction side is a lot more abrasive and it's loud and, you know, screaming and yelling at each other is, isn't, you know, everyday thing, you know, five minutes later you kiss and make up anyway. So, um, I think once I was in that environment and I know I would pick up on things, I noticed that there were certain things men would talk about, uh, to kind of make women feel uncomfortable and they would come up again and again and again. And then, once I got onto the construction side and I would hear them, that's when I would start to speak up. And it was to, sometimes it was just to shock people. Like I, I wanted to give them this element of surprise. And then they would look at me like, I can't believe she just said that, you know? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you, you just kind of, do you ever go back to a place of silence? Is there ever a moment where you said, nope, this is the moment where I need to just remain silent. I'm not, you know, there's more power in my silence in this situation than, than not. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I guess you have to gauge each situation and and your relationship with people, you know, differently, you know, and as you go along, you know, living in the moment, you know, Right, right. You know, and, and, and one um, kind of reminds me of, of one of the ways that I addressed um, and this. In this case, it's more sexual harassment, um, verbal, you know, just saying things to me that I felt really uncomfortable with. And my response finally, because it was silence for a long time because I didn't know what to say. But I finally responded by by typing up an email and just saying, you know, hey, I would really appreciate it if you kept your compliments professional and about my work as a professional. Um, it was a paper trail and I, he immediately got what I was doing and he immediately responded and, and said, you know, I, I got you, I hear you. I apologize if anything I said was offensive and it stopped, you know, um, and, and thank God, because I don't know what I was going to do next. I didn't have a strategy after that, but that was, um, you know, my way of using my voice for the first time um, and finding that it was effective. So um, anyway, we're going to go to a break and uh, we'll be right back on the live exchange. 
Welcome back to the live exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and um, today we are talking about um, the paradox of success. You know what it, you know, from jealousy to admiration, and that just that whole journey, and all of the good, bad, and ugly that go along with success. And then today um, we are joined by Kristen Rios, who is sharing her experience and her journey um, of really kind of being a part of two very different industries. Um, and I do understand what that means. I'm, <laughs> I too am. I'm, I, I, I have very varied interests. So while I am a college professor, I am also a business owner. I'm a journalist. I have a publishing company um, and a radio show. So I, I do a lot of different things as well. Um, but Kristen, I would love to hear more about your um, what you've worked with with pageants, because I, you know, that's one area I'm not completely familiar with. Um, but I do know that a lot of your um, the 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 work that you um, are passionate about um, has also come through with your work in pageants. So I would love to hear more about that. Yeah, I know it seems uh, like two different ideas, construction and being a beauty queen or, you know, construction and modeling, but they, they both really shaped me into who I am today. Yeah. And, you know, I started out doing uh, bikini competitions and, you know, I, I did about eight and then, you know, it was time to move on to something else. And, uh, the pageant organizations from to USA, they reached out to me and I never heard of them before, but they, you know, I, I was like, let's, let's see what this is about. Mm-hmm. And um, it's given me a lot of self-confidence. Um, I used to think that pageants were outdated or, or misogynistic. And yeah. then I went and did one and, you know, I met so many other lovely girls from all over the world too. And I got to travel, which gave me so many life experiences and, um, you know, getting up on that stage and, and, and going down the runways, it, it's really not easy. I get terrible stage fright, you know, so it's really given me a lot of self-confidence and it teaches you a lot about public speaking as well. And then also setting goals, you know, because you, you have to train, you have to eat right, you know, you have to, you have to stick to this, you know, this plan, you know, if you're going to, you know, look good for, for your pageant. So it's also about setting goals. Tell me about your platform. Um, you know, I know that with pageants, there's there's a certain platform that you are standing for or um, some initiative that you believe in. What was your platform in your pageantry work? My slogan is is uh, breaking barriers one bikini at a time. And <laughs> I've, I've always I've always been into you know swimwear, swimsuits, modeling, fitness, and the pageant organization that I'm with is called Swimsuit USA International. So. When I say I'm breaking barriers one bikini at a time, it's I'm, I'm trying to break all these stereotypes that, that I'm dealing with, mm-hmm. you know, by putting myself out there and and doing these interviews so people can can get to know me a little bit better, and um, and so yeah, that's that's why I call it breaking barriers one bikini at a time. I love it. I love it. So we you you spoke about stereotypes, and at the beginning of the show, I said there are stereotypes about um, you know modeling and their stereotypes about women in engineering. Um, what are some of the stereotypes about women in engineering that you would like to see broken? Um, I would say that, I would say that a lot of women in engineering are very conservative, uh, introverted, nerdy. Um, I would like to see, I would like to see a different type of woman coming, come into the field. That, that's something I would like to see. You, you'll never catch me playing Dungeons and Dragons or anything like that. You know, I think it's important to, you know, express yourself and, and every, every woman wants to feel sexy. You know, there's just an appropriate time and place for it. But, you know, I think that, you know, I think that by 
by showing younger the younger generation that it could be fun and you know you could still be yourself and then it's not boring and, and uptight conservative that maybe we can get some more young ladies into the field. So what do you think are some of the barriers that that you know you know I know you just talked about the perception of the field. Are there other barriers that you see that are just kind of keeping women up so many different types of women away from the field? Um you know, I think some of it starts with, let's make that. <laughs> some of it starts with women ourselves, you know, yeah. because I've, I've noticed that in my industry, I've met with women who were not very supportive of what I was doing, you know? So I think that women need to be more supportive of each other. Yeah. And, and that comes with having more, you know, self-confidence and being happy with yourself. Because I think that when a woman is, you know, a mean girl to another woman, it's really because she's just not happy with herself. Yeah, yeah. So I would imagine that you've experienced the the mean girl phenomenon and you've probably experienced the, you know, you talked about it, kind of the the good old boys, <laughs> you know, the mean boys, you know, and, and so somewhere in there, I would imagine that you kind of have to find your strength. Um, and, and so what would you say to people who are, to women specifically, who are wanting to, emerge in, in this field, but may very well experience the mean girl phenomenon or the mean guy phenomenon? Well, you know, I think it happens your whole life. When I, when I was in grade school and, and even in high school, you know, I got bullied, you know, just yeah. like most kids do. Everyone experiences bullying. But the funny thing is, is when you grow up, you think that that goes away and it doesn't. It's, 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 the, same, it's the same concept. Right. You know, it still happens at work. It's, it still happens in your private life. And you just have to find ways to to really deal with it better. You know, I think one way to deal with it better is to address it. You know, sometimes when you're in the room and it's happening, you got to be like, listen, listen, I know what you're doing here. It's, it's not cool. Don't think right. you're going to get away with it. Right. Yeah. I mean, and the, the words that come to mind is call it out, you know, just just basically. And, and, you know, and it's not always easy to do that because, of course, as we talked earlier, you know, there's there's sometimes risks in doing that. The, the, the concern of whether or not if it's on the workplace, whether or not you'll be able to keep that job or with a, if it's with a friend, um, if they'll hear you, if they'll understand what it is that you're saying and, and honor what you're saying. And, and that's mm -hmm. got to be a really scary step to take. Mm hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because you don't know what's going to happen. You're going to lose your friend. Are you going to lose your job? I don't know. Right. But you have to stand up for yourself somehow. And, and it doesn't mean you have to be threatening to someone. You know, you, you could do it in, in a professional way. Absolutely. You could be assertive and say it in a professional way. It doesn't have to be like a threat or scream and yell at someone, you know. Right. It just comes with experience, I guess. You, being in this situation and learning as you go along. Because also like someone once asked me, do you have any regrets? And I started thinking back and I was like, you know, when I was younger, you know, there were certain situations that I wish I could go back and handle differently now. Yeah. But I guess that's part of growing up and, until right. you're in that situation and you learn better, you don't realize. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and I know you mentioned earlier that, you know, the consequence for standing up for yourself in one case was losing that job. Um, and I'm curious to know, I mean, it looks like you're fine now. You know, what was your next move after that? Because that could happen to people. You know, you may lose your job or you may lose the respect of people or you may not have had it, you know, of people that work with you and um, you may be ostracized. Um, you know, what was your next move after that? You know, how did you pick yourself up and keep going after that happened? 
a couple of years ago, I had a boss who said something very, very mean about me. And he said it over the phone and he said it loud so that I could hear. Mm. And so I got up and I went to his office and I knocked on the door and I said, I, I can't believe that you would say that about me. And then he apologized. Um, and it wasn't me, but someone else, uh, one, other, one of the other directors in the company went and told HR. Mm. And HR went and talked to my boss and my boss was like, uh, she's lying. She made up the whole thing. And he believed them. And I, I ended up losing my job. Wow. And then a couple of weeks later, I don't know how the truth came out. Weeks later, morning, the guys called me, you know, the, the construction workers from the field. And, and one of them said to me, Chris, I hope I'm the first person to tell you this. And I'm like, what? And he goes, they came for him. He got fired. So not only did my boss get fired, so did the HR guy. Oh, wow. we both did. I, and I still don't know to this day how how the truth came out. But it turns out that the following day I had another job. Like I got fired. And then the following day, it was one of my subcontractors who hired me because they saw what I was going through there. They saw that I was a hustler and, and I had a job the next day. Wow. That's that's amazing. That's amazing. And, and so there is. Um, and that's the thing. When we don't know when there's an uncertain you know, future, that can be scary. Um, but I think you said it when you said you're a hustler <laughs> and you just, you know, and, and you make things happen. And that's, that's one of the things that, um, that we do as hustlers. Um, yeah. You gotta be a survivor. You gotta be a survivor. Um, and so we're going to go to, to one last break before uh, the end of the hour. And then, um, we'll be right back. To the live exchange, I am Dr. Pamela, and today I am joined by Kristen Rios, and we are talking about the paradox of success. Um, on one hand, it is greatly rewarding, and on the other hand, it can be greatly challenging. Um, and so, um, Kristen, I just I have to ask because we don't have a whole lot of time left, and I'm like, ah, I really want to dig into this whole, um, you know, this working hard and this, you know. The, the the strength that it takes to just kind of keep pushing, keep pushing. How do you get the stamina to just keep pushing? It's all I've known my whole life. Yeah. You know, I feel like women, all women feel like they have to live up to a, a certain standard. But you, if you live up to this standard, then you can't live up to that standard. You know, so it's at some point you just kind of stop living up to everyone else's standard. And you're like, I just got to live up. I have to live up to mine, yeah. you know, but my, my whole life, you know, I, I grew up in a very, um, you know, old school environment, both, you know, I grew up old school Italian. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I was very sheltered and, you know, I, you know, it, that was very, very difficult for me. I felt that I was always very, very uh, controlled, mm. you know, and, and sheltered. Yeah. And for, so it was really up to me to, to kind of put myself out there. And I, I, forced my parents to let me go to, to public school, but they, they wouldn't get in until I was like a junior in high school. So, you know, so finally going to public school and going out to college and just keep going, keep going, keep going, you know, it's all I've really known my whole life, you know? And I mean, what's the, what's the other alternative? Give up, quit. <laughs> right. You know? Right. And you know, it's funny because people ask me the same question and, and I, you know, I'm, I'm saying, well, it's just like breathing. It's all I know. It's what I do. And it sounds like that's the, the same as the case for you. It's just, yeah. 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 I drove myself crazy. Um, I think it was during 2019. I literally, you know, almost like felt like I was losing my mind because I was having so much anxiety 
uh, and I was getting panic attacks because, you know, I couldn't live up to all these standards, you know, and, and I want to make everyone happy and you, and you want to be successful and you want everyone to like you. And then, you know, you just get to a point where it's like, okay, I got, I, you know, I got to live my life for me and, and, and that's it, you know? Right. Right. Ah. Uh. And you say the word panic attack, and it's like I want to dig into that too, but we have to <laughs> uh, we have to wrap it up. But uh, but but I will say, you know, um, for somebody who does experience that, maybe I will ask if you have any, you know, final words for somebody who who does feel that pressure and maybe feeling that whole idea of panic attacks, and you know, because I've certainly experienced that myself. You know, what what do you recommend? What do I recommend? Um, well, let's see. When I feel like I'm having a panic attack or I'm, I have anxiety, yeah. uh, well, first I, I count backwards, That's and then I start I start to think about how far I've come. You know, yeah. You know, a couple of years ago I was like this. You know, and you know now I handle it like this. So I kind of think about the progress, you yeah. know, that I'm seeing in my life, and I think about you know where I want to go, where I want to be, and you have to have a plan. You know, in yeah. five years this is what I want to do. And, and you kind of have to like think backwards and take it one step at a time. But if anyone out there, if you ever feel like that and you need someone to talk to, hit me up, hit me up on Instagram. I'll, I'll make you feel better. I love it. I love it. That was perfect. You, you said laid right into how do we contact you and what is it that you're doing that, that people might want to be a part of? Well, you know, I have some things in mind. I would really, really like to start, running pageants up here in the Northeast. We don't have anything like this in this area. And I think that it would be so great, um, you know, especially for young ladies. So I'm hoping that next year we can start doing some pageants here in the Northeast. Nice. And, um, you know, my website isn't up yet. I know, I know we're working on that, but you can find me on Instagram at the real Miss New York city. And that's where most of my social media platform is right now. I love it. I love it. Well, I can't wait to follow and see what's happening. I'm following you now, but to see the developments of getting something going on in the Northeast. So um, thank you so much for joining me today, uh, Kristen. This has just been such an important conversation. And I hope that people who are listening who may be experiencing some of the things, same things can take some of these nuggets that you've provided for us. I hope so. It was, it was so nice to be here. Thank you so much for having me on the show. You're so welcome. You're so welcome. Thank you, everybody. This is um, wrapping up the first hour of the live exchange. Um, stay with us. Hour number two, we'll be talking to Tara Carissa Hodges, um, and we'll be right back. Good afternoon, and welcome to the live exchange where we exchange compelling dialogue around humanity, intellect, and change every Thursday from 11 to 1. I am Dr. Pamela, and on today's show, we've been engaging in a compelling dialogue on the paradox of success from admiration to jealousy and the whole range in between. <laughs> in this hour, I will be joined by our returning guest, Tara Carissa Hodges, and, um, and we'll be delving even more further into this topic, um, specifically looking at her platform around this concept of success bullying. So um, I'm really excited about this, this um, hearing what she has to say about this. So stay with us. We've got lots to cover. I would love for you to jump on the Sensation Station Network Facebook page, leave your comments, engage in the dialogue, and we'll be right back. All right, welcome back to the Live Exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela, and um, today I am joined by Tara Carissa Hodges during the second hour, and we are um, really the topic of the show is the paradox of leadership 
um, from jealousy to, or from admiration uh, to jealousy. And uh, I would like to introduce our guest. I um, am hoping that we're all good uh, and set to go with the audio, but we're going to go ahead and try to get her uh, on here. Um, the brainchild of um, the brainchild uh, well, Tara Carissa Hodges, um, she's the brainchild of Global Media Group. She built that builds or restructures brand awareness in the media for corporations, small to mid-sized businesses, events, ministries, influencers, and uh, personalities via PR sales and marketing campaigns, product placement, media placement, and more. Through her empowerment endeavors, as seen on TaraCarissa.com, um, LR is also also um, helps the masses redesign their personal and spiritual lives using faith-based principle through online teaching, coaching, ebooks, conferences, and more. Um, so welcome, 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 Tara Carissa Hodges. Having me, I'm so excited to be here to God the glory. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good to have you back. It's so good to have you back, and I'm really excited about this um, this topic of um, success bullying because it is a thing. <laughs> yes, 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 it is. So, tell us a little bit about what it is before we dive into it. Success bullying is when people are envious of your success. They're trying to discount it, tear it down through rumors, through lies, through accusations, through innuendos, whatever tools that people feel that they can use to put into question who you are, how you became who you are, what you have, and how you got what you have. So it is a tool that is used by insecure people, but it is something that millions of people endure in the business world, in ministry, yes. in their everyday lives. And so God put it on my heart to establish a website, successbullying.us, to really minister to people all around the globe that can say, you know what, I got here through hard work, but I have an ex who's jealous of me and trying to taint my reputation or character uh, because he was the one that fought in the marriage, or I've got, you know, jealous women who are trying to pull me down and tear me down because they're upset that I got the promotion and they didn't, or I am performing on a level that they're not yet on. And so wherever the rumors, the lies, the innuendos are coming from, toxic relatives, you can go to successbullying.us and read through articles, uh, get some encouragement, see other powerful women that are succeeding, uh, despite yeah. what other, others may want to try to say. You know, it's so what's interesting is, you know, one of the first things you said is that these are people who are jealous or who are insecure. And it sounds like, you know, that's the thing that, you know, our parents will tell us, you know, our mom will say, well, at least my mom said, you know, they just jealous of you. And that's the common statement, right? You know, they just jealous, they just jealous. I'm curious to know, how do you know if that's actually the case or if there's just something indeed, um, you know, of a concern that you should actually address yourself, meaning that there are indeed shortcomings and, and their perspective is legitimate versus no, they are actually bullying you because they're jealous. Well, that that's a great question. And here's the thing. There's a difference between constructive criticism right. and bullying. Bullying yeah. is when the accusations are coming out of nowhere. They have no merit. They just have an imagination. Mm. <laughs> Whereas constructive criticism is someone is saying, this is what you did. This is what we would like to see you do differently. So it, it has 
facts. It, it has something that it can point to that is not hearsay. It's not based on imagination. It's not based on anything other than facts that can be pointed out as facts. And here's the thing about facts. Facts can be proven. Right. Right. Exactly. I, I'm so glad you made that distinction because um, sometimes people are very much, um, they don't have a, a high level of self-awareness. And so it, so if there is, um, if they are being constructively criticized, um, they may take that to heart and take it seriously and assume that everybody is against them. And so we definitely see that side of things happen. But I really, but so I wanted to make that distinction before we dive into the success bullying. And so now- with with the the website you have and the um, the platform that you're building around this, how are people responding? Phenomenally, you can go to my Instagram pages, my Facebook pages, my Twitter pages now. Literally, my DMs are people saying, "Oh my God, I'm experiencing this on my job." And this is not just you know people working at Target. No, this goes all the way up to. I have had to counsel doctors who are experiencing this at the hospital. I've yep. had to deal with women in corporate America, attorneys, you name it. So jealousy is no respecter of persons. And mm -hmm. so it impacts everyone in every socioeconomic group, every racial group, both genders, you name it. And so I don't want people to think that, oh, once I get to a certain level, I yes. will be above this. No, the only way that you can ever rise above it is to rise above it in your own thinking, your own spirit, your own mentality, where you say, you know what, that's who they are. That's not who I am. And I'm going to continue to ignore that and continue to rise. But jealousy yes. is found in every genre. Absolutely. And and who are the perpetrators of this jealousy? I mean, I know you've talked about in the in the corporate arena. Does it does it primarily come from the workplace? No, it can come from your family members. It can come from ministry. It can come from anywhere. Yeah. So, you know, it comes from people who see something in you that they may not see in themselves or uh, they, they see something in you that they also see within themselves and they're projecting on you. So yes. it comes from a place of insecurity because I, I tell people that and instead of looking at someone and trying to discredit them, make sure your credentials are in order. Right. That's the okay. best thing to do because you know no matter what you do in this world no matter where you go in this world there's only one somebody you will ever be able to control and that's you you know i was in a conversation um with uh, a relationship dialogue last night and um and i i host these relationship dialogues quite a bit this one i was just a participant um but somebody brought a um kind of reflected on one of my events in which a man stood up and he said, the biggest problem I have with black women these days is black women are so worried about collecting degrees, collecting degrees, collecting degrees, while men are out there doing the work, they're collecting degrees. And I thought, my goodness, if that's not successfully. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. Here, here's the thing, because what's wrong with collecting a degree? We know historically education is so powerful that, you know, history tells us that our oppressors try to stop our ancestors from receiving it. So yes. anybody that is trying to better their life and get a degree, what's the harm in that? So, you know, that that is a form of someone being intimidated by your credentials, because at the end of the day, if you're so bothered by women going to go get credentials, go get your own and you won't be bothered. You see, I'm not bothered by anybody that drives a Mercedes Benz. I have a couple. I'm not bothered by anyone <laughs> that lives well. I live well. I'm not bothered by anybody 
that can take a nice trip. I take nice trips. And so normally right. whatever is bothering you about somebody else, it is actually a reflection of what you lack. And, you know, I tell people that jealousy and inspiration are close cousins because Ooh. a girl can ever grow beyond being jealous and instead be inspired. Yes. That is a better use of your energy. Keep this in mind. Energy is neither created nor destroyed. That is a basic law of physics. It is simply transformed. And so right. I tell people that when you find yourself disliking someone, you don't know why, or how does she get that? Or how does she get there? Or this, that, instead of, you know, dwelling in that negative energy, transform that and say, how can I do that? How yes. can I improve my life? Because you are the only somebody that you will ever be able to control. Oh, that's so good. And you just might learn something in the process. <laughs> you know, I, I put up a quote that went viral and I've seen so many other people put their name on it. That's fine. At least the word is getting out. But I, I said something a couple of years ago and I said very often the person you are jealous of is the person you should be learning from. Right. Ooh, and so good. your jealousy, it puts up a barrier where yeah. you can't even see the good that you need to see to learn because you're so zeroed in. And here's what ends up happening when someone tries to bully someone like me who's not going to stop being successful anyway. You look up and realize, man, I wasted five years of my life trying to tear yeah. this person down and they're still moving, they're still going, they're still accomplishing. And, and, here, I, and, and here I am still on a job that I hate. Right. And feeling hate just and just 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 drowning in hate. So we're, we're going to go to break. But this this is getting too good. So we're, we're, we're going to come back and uh, we're just going to continue on this. So stay with us, everybody. We'll be right back. All right. Welcome back to the live. I'm Dr. Pamela. And uh, we are talking today about the, the, the paradox of success. I'm joined by Tara Carissa Hodges and um Really, Tara, if I could give you a title, I don't even know what that would be. <laughs> How would you describe yourself to my audience? To I am our an audience? empowerment champion. I believe in empowering people uh, to be champions because I'm a champion. How about that? Yes, I love it. <laughs> you wear so many hats and I totally understand that because I do as well. Um, and I love the work that you're doing. We are talking about this idea of success bullying. Um, I want to know if you've ever, if you've received any pushback on that, where it's like, ah, cry me a river, successful people struggling, you know, do, do you ever get any pushback like that? Uh, if that, if it's been said, it has not been said to me because I think that the universal thing that anyone doing anything in this world can relate to is negative energy being thrown at them, not for anything wrong that they've done, but because of the right things that they are done, that they've right. done. I am a believer, you know, I believe in the gospel of Jesus Christ and I, I read the Bible and uh, the Bible tells us that the very first murder in the Bible, uh, it happened because of jealousy. Yes. And, and so from the beginning of time, wherever there has been success, there has been jealousy. Yes. Yes. And, you know, and one of the things and I actually was going to ask you about a Bible verse, um, which is the life and death um, are in the power of the tongue. Um, and, you know, but at the same time, society says sticks and stones may break, break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Um, and we know that the truth is that that words do indeed hurt. Um, you know, how do you recommend people navigating through those hurts and, the, and the different words and the different things that people may say to them? I think that's a great question. 
And I'm going to be honest with that. I actually agree with both sayings. I, I mm. believe that uh, life and death is in the power of your tongue. That's what the Bible says, your tongue. Your and then that saying is sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. And I agree with that as well, because words cannot hurt unless you internalize them. Mm. And in this world, there are always going to be people who speak against you. You know, I, I follow a lot of global news because I work in the media outside of ministry and my coaching business. I also worked in the media. And it was just a couple of years ago that women in Saudi Arabia got the right to drive. And so yes. I will read through the comments on uh, Middle Eastern news websites and blogs and all the things that they had to say about women. Oh, yes. But it didn't hurt me. It didn't hurt me because I understood this has nothing to do with me. This is their mentality. This is their belief system. This is their ignorance. This is their shortcoming. Right. So, we, as we mature, and I know this may be difficult for children, but as adults, as we begin to mature, we are going to have to learn how to leave trash where it is. Mm -hmm. If something does not resonate with your spirit, if something is not in alignment with your vision, your goals, then leave that mess at the door. And again, we're not talking about constructive criticism. Constructive criticism is exactly what I just said. It is constructive. You can still build. You can still go. You can still thrive. But nastiness, it is that type of criticism that is designed to break you down so you cannot move forward. And so I just mm. urge everyone listening in to know that when people get done saying whatever it is they want to say about you, you have the power to come back and speak life over your own self. And that's why the Bible says that life and death is in the power of your tongue. Your tongue. Well, that's that's so good because I've always said the tongue and I never really thought that, that, you know, when, when you emphasize your tongue, that gives you the power that brings the power back to you. And, uh, and I love that focus. I love that. So yeah, the original text says your, your I, tongue. That is powerful. Um, that, that makes me feel even more powerful. I love that. Yes. <laughs> because you get to, to speak your, you know, you get to, to, to speak that into existence or whatever it is. And, and take the power away from those others who are speaking to you. But it doesn't my, matter what they have to say. It matters right. what you say. So how do people build the strength to do that? Because that does not come naturally. I, I will admit I am a sensitive type. And if, you know, I have struggled with what people have said. I've gotten stronger and I have learned to better manage that. And I know what I've done, but I'm, I'm, I'm curious to know, how would you recommend somebody, um, you know, or how can somebody build that strength? against what people say, because that doesn't happen overnight. I'll give you an example. On yesterday, I ate something that I should not have eaten. I hadn't had it in a long time, but I was craving something and I went and I, I, I began to eat it. And oh, it tastes good in my mouth. But about an hour later, my body was like, girl, really? You know better than this. And so my body began to go through these changes. And I Googled, I said, what will counteract the effects of eating X, Y, and Z? And it said, this will. So I began to eat that and neutralize the impact of the first thing that I ate. What am I saying? When you begin to speak well over yourself after somebody has spoken ill over you, your yes. words will counteract the impact that their words were supposed to have. And so it's the discipline. If you go home and when you get home from work, what your supervisor said at 11 o'clock is still on you, begin to speak the opposite. I am smart. I am brilliant. Yes. I am a strategist. I am a winner. I am great at my job. I am brilliant. Promotions and elevations are coming my way. That is how you begin to neutralize 
the negative that was spoken to you. See, people speak oh, to you, but you speak over you. Oh, goodness. That's really good. That's really good. Um, and and uh, Dion Pugh just brought up the scripture. It's Proverbs uh, 18, 21. Thank you for giving us that scripture <laughs> uh, because I did not have the actual scripture in mind. I know the words, but I didn't know where it was coming from. So thank you for that, um, um, Dion. We're going to take a break, um, but I love what you just said, Atara, because that is um, exactly my strategy. I speak louder than the voices that have attempted to to speak me down, you know, to talk down on me. And I, I speak I speak louder. And I love that you said speak over, and that's powerful. Um, we're going to go to a break. Stay with us. If you have comments, please definitely add those to the Facebook um, chat and we'll we'll be sure to, to include you in the conversation. We'll be right back. We are back <laughs> with the live exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela and we are joined by Tara Carissa Hodges. Um, and we are talking about, um, you know, success bullying um, really. And this is under the umbrella of the paradox of success because success um, it, on one hand, we can really enjoy it and dive into it. And on the other hand, um, you know, there are the challenges that that come along with that. Um, there is a theory that I want to discuss, um, and I would love to hear your thoughts on it, um, Tara. It, it is called a uh, shine theory. And, um, and and this is one of the reasons why I was I, I lost my window, because I, I wanted to first um, share who came up with this idea of, of shine theory. Um, and it's two women who are friends, and it's uh, by the name of um, Aminatu So and Ann Friedman. Um, they're friends, collaborate, collaborators, and co-hosts of a podcast called Call Your Girlfriend and co-authors of the best-selling book, Big Friendship, How We Keep Each Other Close. And they came up with this um, concept called Shine Theory. And the idea is that it's helping someone else become their best self um, and, and relying on their help in return. So it's just this, this relationship of exchange where um, two people are helping them, helping each other become their best self. And I thought, wow, what a great possible um, way to address success bullying if we are um, making it a point to help each other shine, because we know there are always going to be, like you said, um, jealous people. And they offer three suggestions with regards to how we can um um, practice shine theory. And number one is to repeat other women. So, um, you know, cite them the way that I just cited these women, <laughs> um, you know, point to their work, um, you know, highlight them, but repeat the words of other women. Number two is encourage full participation. 75% um, men speak up 75% more than women do in meetings. So, our role and some of the things that we can do is to encourage full participation for other women. Ask. So what are your thoughts on this? Um, I'd love to hear your input. And then number three, redirect interruptions. Women are very commonly interrupted. Um, and, and this is a microaggression and in many ways could be a macroaggression depending on how it's done. But continue um, to, we know that women are interrupted um, more than men by, and by women as well. Women do this to each other. Um, so when you're leading the meeting or you're a part of the meeting, where you have an opportunity um, take the mo take a moment to redirect the conversation back to the woman that was interrupted. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. I totally agree. And, but I, I, I would have to say that I think that before we can get into standing up for other women, we have to get into the habit of standing up for ourselves. Yes. And yes. 
you know, I've been saying this for years. I do believe that sexism exists. I totally believe that. Mm -hmm. But I also think that some of the things that we encounter as women uh, is because we're not standing up for ourselves. For example, yes. when you get mid-level in your career, it's not all the time. I didn't say sometimes, but it's not all the time that a company is choosing to pay you less than your male counterpart. Sometimes that male went in there and negotiated, whereas the woman just went in there and accepted. Yes. And Absolutely. so it is learning how to stand up for yourself. Because I've got news for you. When I'm speaking and a man interrupts me, I stop the show and say, I am still speaking. And I go back to what I'm saying. Yes. And, yes. and, and we're talking over each other for a full minute. That's fine. If I can't be heard, he's not <laughs> going to be heard. But I love it. That is me standing up for myself and refusing to yield. And I think when we get in that habit, of standing yep. up for ourselves, it will become a second nature to stand up for someone that looks like us. Okay. So with that in mind, I'm going to repeat those three strategies, but for us to do this for ourselves. So number one, repeat other women, repeat ourselves, repeat the work that you've done, highlight the work that you've done, cite yourself. Number two, encourage full Can I stop you one second? Please do. Yes. You just said cite your work. And about 10 minutes ago, I cited something that I said that took off and other people took credit for. Yes. See, I've already done yes. number one. I own my stuff. Right. So, I love it. So what you just quoted, I want the people to hear. I live by that. Okay, go ahead. Woo, that's good. <laughs> that's good. Number two is encourage full participation. So encourage Full participation, I'm sorry, full participation of yourself. Get involved yourself. Speak up like you just said. Men are getting paid more likely because they are negotiating. They're speaking out. We need to do that for ourselves. You basically said exactly that. I'm going to pause so you can say, do you, do you, I would love to hear you <laughs> if you have anything. I mean, to I, I agree with that. And I want wow. the women to get this in their spirit. Everything that you're saying and really all of this boils down to one thing. You giving yourself permission to be seen, to be heard, and be successful. Yes, yes. And I'm going to come back to that exact phrase. I'm going to give number three, which is in redirect interruptions. And you just talked about how you would do that, how you have done that. Um, you redirect inter interruptions when it happens to you. Redirect that conversation. Stand your ground. Um, I love what you just said about giving yourself essentially um, giving yourself permission to be successful, uh, say, knowing that it is okay to be successful because we do. There are um, people who feel guilt for climbing. Like, you know, oh, what if I'm not true to my people anymore? Or what if I, you know, am I sellout? And we hear that. Oh, you're acting too, you're not black enough, or you're not this enough, or you're talking, you know, like you're better than everybody else. Um, and, and sometimes people internalize that and dim their light. You're in the wrong crowd. Everyone is supposed to evolve. Everyone is supposed to do better, be better, have better, you name it. And, yes. you know, I just put this on my page a, a few hours ago, is that you need to be amongst crowds that stretch you to grow. So if I'm ever around somebody and they're saying, oh, you think you're better, that is an indication to me. I am in too low of a place because yes. in the places that I need to be, no one is looking down on me for striving for excellence because they're busy striving for excellence as well. Right. You know, the very core of success bullying is really on an unconscious level. People telling you, you don't have a right to be successful. Yes. And you have to tell yourself, 
I have a right to be successful. If that means waking up in the morning and, you know, repeating affirmations over yourself, I have a right to be successful. I have a right to be blessed. I have a right to be wealthy. Whatever you've got to do so that your mentality begins to change, so that your behavior begins to change, because when your mind and your behavior begins to change, your life will change. Absolutely. And and I don't know what that is. Um, I mean, I guess you've you've coined it. It's success bullying. But I was going to say, I don't know what that is um, when somebody doesn't want to see somebody else do that. that. That's the way life is supposed to go. <laughs> You're supposed crabs to. Crabs in a barrel. We've heard that mentality before. Crabs in a barrel. They're Absolutely. stuck. They're down. And when they see somebody else going up, they want to pull that person down to make them feel better about their own stagnation. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, do you have any words for the people who do that? Is your work focused specifically on the people who are bullied or do you have words for those who are doing the bullying? Yeah. If you're always trying to pull somebody down, that means you're not going anywhere. So ask yourself if in 20 years you want to be where you are right now. And if the answer is no, then stop trying to pull other people down and focus on you. Yes. You start see a, a crab can't pull down another crab while trying to pull itself up. <laughs> that is so true. It's impossible. So so how can how can somebody recognize again? Some people everybody is not self aware. How does somebody who's listening right now say, "Oh my gosh, I'm that person"? How do they know? Ask that yourself: person? When I see other people doing well, how does it make me feel? Ooh. When I see somebody just got married and I see their wedding pictures on Facebook, what is my first response? That's when I good. see that somebody just bought a car, when I see somebody announcing their promotion or they just bought a new home, how do I react? How do I really feel? What is my response? And yes. if it is negative, it is time to do the work on yourself and say, how can I emerge from this negative place? Oh, that's so good. That's so good. Um, because that that's that's basic, you, you know, and, and look, every now and then I had to check myself. I'm single and I go through those seasons where, oh, Lord, December, everybody's getting engaged. Oh, Lord, you know, <laughs> everybody's wearing their pajamas. And, and you got to check yourself. Is this coming from a place of, you know, where is this coming from? Is, is there true? Are you truly miserable because you're seeing this um, and, and check yourself, even if it's playfully check yourself because it can get worse if you allow that to fester. And let me say this for my law of attraction, people that are listening in on the line, understand this. You will only attract that which you honor. Yes. Oh, so say that again. You will only <laughs> attract what you honor. Yes. So when you see somebody getting married, if your first response is, oh, my God, I am so happy for her. And you might have to do the work to get there. I understand. Oh, yeah. But if that's not your first response, then you are operating in what the law of attraction calls as duality. Meaning yes. you're praying one thing, but sowing seeds for something else. Wow. See, the universe is not designed to respond to your prayers as much as it is designed to respond to your seed. This is why the Bible says, as long as the earth remains, there will always be prayer time. No, there will always be seed time and harvest time. Yes. So what you sow, it is going to come back as a harvest. So when you begin to sow joy and excitement for somebody else, what you're literally telling God is, I'm excited about marriage. But when you see somebody else getting married and your first response is oh, nasty, rude, whatever, what you're telling the right. universe is, is I have no respect. I have no honor for marriage. 
And then you wonder why you're repelling it and it's not coming to you because your mouth is saying one thing, but what you're putting out into the universe is saying another. Oh, that's good. That's good. I, and I'm, I'm working on a book called Joyfully Single. And that is exactly the, the strategy is even on those days where you feel like this is a struggle, speak the words that are going to give you life and not, you know, no matter what you're feeling inside, speak the words over yourself. And I'm using your words, speak the words over yourself that are going to put you in a different mindset. Now we have to go to break. But what I want to talk about when we come back, I want to take a relationship spin to this because we see success bullying happening in relationships. Yes. Okay? I've experienced it. So I want to go in that direction when we yes. come back. Yes so, yes. yes. so stay with us, everybody. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the live exchange. I'm Dr. Pamela. And today we are talking about uh, the paradox of success. Um, from jealousy to, from admiration to jealousy. And I'm joined by Tara Carissa Hodges. Um, and we're having a great discussion about one of the platforms that she has really been pushing um, based on this idea um, that of um, success bullying. Um, and by the way, Tara, you know, I, I get feedback and um, responses from people, even if it's not here on Facebook Live. So one of our listeners just said, this woman is ridiculous. She's powerful. <laughs> <laughs> what to God be the glory. So let's add a new title. She's ridiculous. Anyway. <laughs> but I want to move this conversation into the direction of relationships. And I will start by um, sharing a sentiment that was shared by Cheryl Sandberg. And she is, um, you know, a, a professional. And I'm actually not quite sure where she is now. I know she was working for, you know, Facebook or Google or something. And she was power, I mean, is powerful. Um, and she wrote the book Lean In. And, um, you know, and sadly, she lost her husband maybe a year or two after this book came out. But her words um, really resonated with me when she said, um, that the most important career or business decision that you could ever make is in your choice of spouse. Yes. And that is because that spouse um, can either, you know, help move it forward or help, you know, or, or pull it back. Um, and I just had never thought about it that way, but my goodness, um, just in my own experience, that is absolutely accurate. And and so if you think about um, the role that success bullying can play in one's relationship or one's marriage, um, it could it could really break somebody's um, trajectory. Oh, goodness. When you go to my website, successbullying.us, uh, and I was very intentional when I chose U.S. because most people, when you think of that domain, you think of the United States of America. But I really right. meant it from the perspective of successbullying.us. Oh, wow. And I have articles on there about what jealousy in a marriage looks like. Mm. And there are so many men who are jealous of their successful wives. Yes. There are a lot of women who are jealous of their successful husbands. But I think the paradigm is a lot different because normally, statistically, when we see women being jealous of men, it's because they feel like they didn't get the same opportunity. Whereas okay. when we see men being jealous of their wives, it's almost as if, well, why her and not me? So okay. it's imperative that people understand that, yes, your husband, yes, your wife can be jealous of you. You know, back in January, you can go to Facebook and look up the hashtag successful married women. I profile high ranking women uh, who are married. 
And I thought it was necessary to do that because I wanted women to see that not every man is going to be jealous of you. I think that we forget that Maxine Waters is a happily married woman and has been married oh, for years. I love I think, that. I didn't know that. Oh, gosh, yes. <laughs> and, baby, she is married to an ex-NFL baller, honey. Okay. So she could have been on Football Wives, girl. Hello, Maxine so, Waters. You understand? <laughs> We, 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 we forget that the CEO of YouTube, who is worth half a billion dollars, is a happily married woman. I we forget it. that, uh, you know, one of the highest ranking execs at L'Oreal is a happily married black woman who in 2020 alone made eight million dollars. So I the list could go on every single day. I highlighted. I mean, you look at the former president of Germany, married woman. That would be the equivalent of our president, you know, Joe Biden, you know. Yes. uh, Angela uh, Markell, married woman. We look at Kamala Harris, married woman. And so, yes, there are men who will be jealous of you, but there are also plenty of men who they are intelligent and they understand there's no need for me to be jealous of my teammate. You know what? I, I want in on that project. I love it. <laughs> yeah, just go to Facebook and just hit hashtag successful uh, married women and every single day in, oh, in, uh, in January. So there should be like a post about 31 women. I highlighted a, a wildly, I'm talking about these women are making millions. Absolutely. I highlighted wildly successful women who are happily married. And, you know, I tell people that when you are noticing jealousy in your spouse, you know, first round, babe, let, let's go to there because I'm not going to stop being great because right. if I stop being who God has created me to be to satisfy you, that means I'm making you my God and I will bow Ooh. before none other than God. So I can't, so I can't dim what God gave me for you because that would put me in disobedience to him. Um, and, you know, the reality of it is, is I, I don't tell people what to do with their lives. I would just tell you, uh, I would not put up with a jealous husband. That's just me. Yes. And I did not. <laughs> I, 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 that. I, I didn't either. And I'm a happily married woman. And I can tell you that right now. I love it. I love it. You know, I, I was recently asked the question, you know, how do you know when you're for a single person, how do you know that you're ready to get into a relationship? And and my answer was that when you are pursuing your purpose and you meet somebody who is willing to pursue that purpose with you or to honor your pursuit of that purpose, um, that is an indication that that might be an opportunity to move forward. Um, but if there is some some jealousy or any kind of weird vibe that they're giving about what it is you're doing, I don't care how fine they are. I don't care how much money they have. That is a red flag. Absolutely. Absolutely. So it, it's all about it. And as women, we've got to get to the space and the place well, we're not so desperate for marriage that we're willing to dishonor ourselves. Yes. And when you start dimming your light, when you start being less than, when you, you know, stop being who God has called you to be for a man, you are telling God that this man is my idol and he's more important than the gifts that you put in me. In Matthew 25, it's a parable of talents. And while in that particular scripture, talents represents money, uh, we can also use that uh, to represent gifts, because if somebody's giving you money, that's a gift anyway. But right. here's the reality of the situation. The master wanted a return on every single gift that he gave that person. What return are you giving back to me for this gift that I gave you? And I don't want women to stand before God on judgment day for the believers and say, well, the reason why you don't have a return on this gift is I was trying not to step on my husband's toes. Well, the Bible Ooh. tells you that God is going to say, you wicked servant, depart from me. Ooh. 
I've got an assignment. You've got an assignment. And the person that God has for you will not interfere with your assignment. Right. That is. And to me, that is probably one of the biggest indicators um, uh, uh, with, with, with regards to whether you are you should move forward with somebody or not, because along with support and love and nurturing of your purpose is going. They can't do that without loving and supporting and nurturing you as well. Um, and and so to me, that's just so telling um, about what it is that you might get. But you know what that also means? It also means that you need to be aware of your purpose and you need to be operating in your purpose, um, you know, in order to really be able to 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 know if somebody will support it. Absolutely. And that is why God did not present Adam with their wife until he was fully functioning yeah. in his purpose place. Right. Gosh. So good. <laughs> so good. You know, and I and I and I have to put this out there because the climate that we're in right now is the, you know, 90 day. What is that called? 90 day fiance, the, the get married quick, the let's run down the aisle. And, and look, I, I'm not knocking it, but I do want people to look at these things as they are considering and as they are. You know, I, I see so many posts that say, look, if he ain't, um, you know, trying to settle down in a month and I'm done. And it's like, but do you, know, <laughs> do you know what he's really bringing? Do you know, you know, don't rush it. Take your time. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely be prayerful, be mindful. Don't operate from a place of desperation. Yeah. And, and that will give you a better sense of, is this a life partner? Is this someone I can do life with? Because you know, as uh, the author of Lean In said, you know, it's a very, very important business decision because with this person, you will decide on what type of home to buy, where to live, where to send the kids to school. You will plan out your retirement. And it takes more than goosebumps. And I love you, baby, <laughs> and butterflies to make that decision. Whew. I'm telling you the things that I see about what people are looking for in a mate, it just it's a, there's a disconnect happening. Well, and, and I agree with that. And that might be why the divorce rate is what it is. And and yes. don't get me wrong. Uh, I believe in divorce. Uh, God created divorce. Yeah. Jesus said from the beginning, it were not so, but because of the hardness of man's heart. So, you know, yeah. in cases where women need to get out and even men for yes. their sanity, for their physical safety, I'm all yes. for it. So I don't knock people that are divorced by any means. Right. But what I am saying is, is that, if you can't make a great decision the first go round, please try to do that. Yes, please, please. As as um, I was on a podcast last week, uh, Johanna um, and I, my God, her name is her last name is leaving me right now. She said, "Get divorced before you get married. Mm-hmm. Make those decisions before you get married." Um, and, and it just powerful to Johanna Duckworth. Um, so I want to make sure I attribute correctly to the correct person, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but, you know, get divorced before you get married. Don't, don't go down that path. So we only have a few minutes left, but I want to make sure um, I give you an opportunity to um, bring in any other elements of the success bullying um, that, that people really need to hear. You know, if somebody is dealing with it right now, um, what is, you know, what, what are you, what words do you have for them? You need to acknowledge that someone is jealous of you. A lot of times we put up with the repercussions of someone else's jealousy towards us because we keep laughing yeah. it off or ignoring it or not wanting to admit it. Listen, your mom can be jealous of you. And yeah. 
when you go to Google and you put in moms who are jealous of their daughters, millions of articles will come up. Your sibling can be jealous of you. Anybody can be jealous of you. Okay. Again, the first murder in the Bible was a brother murdering his brother out of jealousy. And so you first need to say, okay, you know what? This, This is jealousy. And then you need to put in the necessary boundaries in place to protect yourself. Your mom will always be your mom, but that doesn't mean she has to have access to every single thing you're working on. Right. So, you know, mm -hmm, go ahead. Oh, okay. no, I was going to say there's an article that's been circulating about how successful women um, choose toxic men. And I read through the article. And one of the things that it said is that successful women think that they um, because they're used to making change and leading things and implementing things in the workplace, they take that same mindset to dating. And I would assume I would assume they take it to friendship as well. So when people are success bullying them, they may absorb absorb more of it than they need to, thinking, I got this. I know how to fix things. I know how to change things. I know how to take things. And and, and that reminds me of what you were just saying. We just kind of, you know, we don't recognize it. We don't necessarily deal with it. And I think a lot of times because powerful women think, you know what, I'm powerful. I'll power my way, um, you know, and not address it. And I will fix it. And I tell people, you know, when I'm doing marriage counseling, I say, if this person never changes, are you willing to marry them? Yeah. No, they've got to do what you're not ready to marry them. Right. You should only marry somebody that if they never change, if they never work on that thing that irritates you, you can live with it. And so I say the same thing is that fixers and not just women, but you see this with a, a lot of uh, empaths or a lot of spiritual people. Yes. Oh, I can pray them through. I can heal them. Woo. I can get them delivered. And you're Guilty. not doing anything but harming yourself. I don't know if anybody is watching Married at First Sight. Uh, but this season with Paige and Chris has been one for the books. because I've been Paige, hearing about this. Oh, God. Paige <laughs> is holding on to a man through faith that in reality has told her to kiss his ASS. And she's still trying to hold on. But, you know, I don't believe that God brought me here and I don't believe and I don't believe that is called toxic faith. That is what that is called. Toxic faith. That's a show. Toxic faith. That's a whole show right there. (laughs) (laughs) Bring me. Let me tell you something. We let's do a show on toxic faith and I'll have my audio up and going. My nephew is actually using my laptop to uh, do his schoolwork. But if you guys want to talk toxic faith. Let's do it. And you're going to have me live and in living color. Okay, please. Because <laughs> look, because I <laughs> am telling you that in the women, last one. <laughs> women have endured foolishness in the name <sighs> of faith. Look. Okay. So first of all, you can't drop that in the last four minutes of the show. <laughs> <laughs> but that was an effective teaser. Yes. We will have to bring you back. I, you know, it's funny you say that because in the book, um, uh, joyfully single. I do have a section about toxic hope, and um, it, we do this. You know, it's it's something that is. You know, we we stand on God. I'm going to pray through this. It's like an abuse of prayer to to say I'm going. I'm you know I'm going to get what I want. I'm going to pray this this man or this woman into what I need them to be, <laughs> and and I don't you know. And I think we mix up that 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 healthy faith with that toxic faith. So yes, please. Yes, please. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, I certainly look forward. Okay, so we have three minutes, and I really wanted to get uh, from you just what how people can follow what you're doing. I know you have a great following. What are you doing, and how can people get connected with you? 
Awesome. Well, you can go to my website, Tara, T-E-R-A, Carissa, C-A-R-I-S-S-A dot com, which redirects to my media site. I'm doing quite a bit in the media realm. Uh, you can also uh, visit me on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash speak, Tara Carissa. And of course, I'm on Instagram and Twitter. You can follow me there. And um, I just give God the glory that even in this pandemic, everything that he has given me has thrived. I have a very strong uh, following. Uh, I minister just about every single day. So you can join our text club. Uh, it, that information is found on my uh, Instagram page, my Facebook page. And you can, you know, get messages from me either by me preaching or me sending text alerts every single day to empower the total person, man or woman. Oh, I love it. Empower the total person man or woman. And, and, you know, it's women's history month, but I have such a passion for building and uplifting men as well. So um, I'm so glad that you said that. Well, I, I think we are, we, we've pretty much, um, you know, th this was amazing. And I, and I thank you so much for coming back to talk about this because, um, you know, it's such an important issue that people really are struggling with. And, and I'm so glad that you're addressing it. Oh, thank you for having me to God be the glory. Yes, to God be the glory. Well, thank you everyone for joining us today uh, for another great discussion on the live exchange at, where we discuss humanity, intellect, and change every week. Um, join me next week at 11 a.m. Eastern time as we discuss self-love and intimacy. Um, remember, together we can right the wrongs, we can speak the truth, we can rise above, and we can stand for change. Have an empowering week. Thank you.